What is up, everybody, and welcome to M3 Wrestling. I am Brandon, and alongside me always is Andrew. What's going on, man? Andrew, what's up? Oh, just ready to talk just, about the birth of 316. That's right. Uh, yes, yes, we got a, we have got a great show and a great review ahead uh, on this great Independence Day that we're recording on, the 4th of July. Yeah, this, uh, this cloudy, what overcast better way? <laughs> Independence yeah, Day. What what better way to celebrate our independence by by crowning a new king of the ring, right? By yeah. by crowning a new king. Um, and if it, there was going to be any king, I would I would pick Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, but like anybody doesn't already know that, so spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, King <laughs> of the Ring '96. This is a this is a big one. This is you know this is the next pay per view after um, after in your house beware of dog that we just covered in the first episode and uh yeah this is this is uh this is actually a pretty a pretty uh pretty good pay-per-view i think a lo- lot better overall than than beware of dog yeah i would agree i think i think top to bottom beware of dog was pretty good but i think top to bottom this this show had it beat for sure yeah um so, uh, King of the Ring 96, just a little uh, rigmarole, uh, June 23rd, 1996, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, from the Mecca Arena, and we had an attendance of 8,762 people. I guess, uh, I don't know if that'd be, I don't, probably wouldn't be a sellout crowd there, maybe not, but uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty good house, I think. Um, and I'm, was guessing, the I'm guessing that place probably holds, like, yeah, I'm guessing that place probably holds about Eight to ten thousand, so I'd say they were pretty close to a sellout. But eight to pretty close. This would be this would be the fourth annual King of the Ring, I believe. The first one was ninety three. Yes. So we can just go right into the show. Uh, there, I guess before we get into the first match of the night, I did I didn't write anything down. Obviously, I didn't see this. There was a couple matches that were on that were dark. One or free for all. I know one was free for all for sure uh, on the free for all show. Uh, skip and zip in a tag team match against leaf Cassidy and Marty Jannetty, the new rockers. And for those who don't may not know who leaf Cassidy is, that would be Al snow. If yeah. you, if you even know what, who Al snow is, <laughs> <laughs> what does everybody want? <laughs> um, so, I, I'm willing to bet. Uh, that and was then, uh, I'm willing to bet that was a pretty decent match with the, with the four people involved there. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it might have been all right. I don't know. Didn't see it. Uh, another dark match was Hunter Hurst Helmsley versus uh, what's his name Aldo Aldo Montoya Man of War. <laughs> the Portuguese who ECW fans, yeah, uh, who ECW fans would know is just incredible. Probably, if you did not know, he was in the WWF beforehand as the Man of War <laughs> with, with the uh, strap on his head. Yeah, yeah. God, what a weird character that was, huh? So, so Hunter, the story goes, Hunter was originally supposed to to win this King of the Ring, and then the curtain call happens, and so he becomes the fall guy in the aftermath of that. And instead, he's going right. over in three minutes in a dark match against the Portuguese Man of War, yeah. Aldo Montoya. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. Sad, sad times for Hunter. He was the fall guy. But you know he he gets he gets his own eventually. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess that brings us to the start of the show. Uh. Before before we do that, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I got some. Oh, there. Oh. I, uh, I uh. I I just want everybody to know that if they're not watching this, if they're listening to this, I purchased some some Macho Man glasses <laughs> of my own, and I've never been the glasses uh where. So on, on the on this program, it's always been the other boys. But I'm going to try and rock them as long as I can. It's yeah, dig it. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, they're uh, it's really hard to read my paper. <laughs> you might have to get rid uh, of them. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to have to take them off again. There, ooh, dig it. Um, I I think I can see a little bit. There's enough lights going on in here. Kind of like one of those enough, one of those enough, debuts uh, where where they debut a character and then it's gone like the next week. That's 
that's how it is with your glasses here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm introducing a new character this week and then they're, they're going to yell at me in the back and grill <laughs> position when I get back out after this. And then we're going to, we're just going to pretend like that never happened. <laughs> Everybody's going to be confused. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. These are $10, man. I'm not even that upset. These are nice glasses for $10. I'm just going to say the, uh, feeling it's the, the teeth, the, the teeth glasses. Yeah. I'm feeling the madness brother. Um, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So kicking off the night first semifinal match, Steve Austin, stone cold, newly dubbed stone cold, Steve Austin, Versus Mark Marrow. Now, uh, for those who may not have listened to Beware of Dog, uh, Steve Austin was newly dubbed Stone Cold about that time, uh, right before that. And he still had DiBiase as a manager. He lost DiBiase as a manager on night two of Beware of Dog. Beware of Dog 2, as some would like to call it. Mm-hmm. And so now he is on his he is on his own. And he is making waves. In fact, the week prior to this on Raw... The Monday before this pay-per-view, he debuted the Stone Cold Stunner on Savio Vega. And this is this is actually pre-kick. This is just simple grab the head, turn, and sit on your ass yeah. stunner. This yeah. is a very basic stunner. Uh, still a cool new move. And uh, him and Mark Merrill have a pretty decent match here. Yeah. last uh, The last time we did this for Beware a Dog, we were talking, we we're singing the praises of Mark Merrow. And just how good he is. And, and man, I, I really wish they hadn't changed his character. I know they did it because Sable was more over than him. But he just puts together right. great matches. But then again, you also look at who he was against. You know, Hunter in one and Austin in this one. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a byproduct. <clears throat> I don't know. But I, I really enjoyed this. There, dare I say, dare I say he's a little bit ahead of his time here? Yeah. yeah. In the company? Like, you know, he... Uh, like I said, he the, the biggest problem with Mark Marrow is he looks like a knockoff version yeah. of Little Richard. He's <laughs> yeah. he is just a straight up he's a straight up cartoon villain, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, that crazy ass eyebrows and 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 mustache he's got going on there. He's just it's too much. Yeah. Uh, but God, he can he could go and he, and he can he can make he can set up some good matches and. I think the one with him and Hunter, I might have enjoyed a little bit more. And this one was a really, really good match. I don't want to take that away. I felt that it went just a little bit too long, though. Yeah. I think it was probably about five minutes too long for me. Yeah. Especially for a preliminary match, like a you know a semifinal match. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with the length of, length of the match. I kind of think like if you've got the horses, let them go. <clears throat> you know, and and yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I, did, I didn't ever find myself getting bored with it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought there were some really good high spots by Mero, uh, you know, some dives to the outside. And then he hit a Hurricane Rana on Austin there toward. Yeah, hit the top rope, that top rope Hurricane Rana. The, the, yeah, he did that. And uh, he, he got a lot of offense on Austin, actually. Austin, uh, Austin and him both, uh, a lot of back and forth, really good. Um, there was, uh, and I can't remember the damn name of the roll-up pin, Um off the top of my head, it's where they kick their feet up up under their armpits and then roll yeah. and then pull them back and roll them up that way. It's a really cool move. Uh, you don't see it really anymore by anybody. Might be a reason um, for that. And I uh, maybe uh, his his the toe of his boot or something clipped Austin's lip right in that spot. I believe that was the spot. And uh, if if not if I'm not mistaken, but it busted. Uh, Austin open really, really good. And yeah. uh, he ended up having to go to the hospital, get some stitches and then come back for the finals with Jake. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, he, of course he was bleeding like crazy by the end of it, but yeah, overall good match. It went 16 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, uh, Meltzer gave this match a three and three quarter stars. I myself gave it a three and a half stars. Yeah. And this is before, I, which by the way, by the way, all the, go ahead. I'm, I'm good with either one of those. Uh, I'll probably go more your route, go three and a half. Yeah. I, I don't, it was really yeah. solid. I don't think it was just because of the length. I think, right. It was a good solid match. I think it was just the length that may have killed it. I think uh, 
So, and I just want to make mention real quick though, that the Melter, the Melter stuff I'm doing, I'm pulling now is just pure reference for the show. I did not look at those before we rated them. I'm seeing these for the first time actually yeah. now as we record. Cause yeah, I we just want something to reference to. I thought that'd be kind of interesting to reference that too. We don't normally agree with Meltzer, so that that wouldn't have much no, bearing. No, not, not usually, so. especially especially today today's Meltzer, especially. Oof. Yeah, he's uh, off his rocker. Take these stars, the time, I don't know what to do with them. Here's seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, there's all these all these stars doing here. Here, here you go, Kenny Omega. You can have them. <laughs> um. So um. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So in the next match, we basically get into the second semifinal match with Jake Roberts and Vader. And I know I also spoiled that earlier for everybody, but most people already know uh, Jake Roberts ends up winning this one in three minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, it was a disqualification, though. Um, he, he, went to hit, he hit the DDT, so he probably got the one, but it, you know the referee's well, I think it was just a way to clean to make it uh, easier on Vader, make him not look so shit to yeah. uh, Jake Roberts, who was obviously in a, a rough spot, you know, coming out of a rough spot. Well, he, I mean, he coming out of it, but he was in a rough spot. A lot, yeah. lot more out of shape at 41 here. This is the way um, to... What did you end up giving? This is the way to take Jake and advance him but not hurt Vader and make Vader look like a monster for later on in the summer for what they're going to do. So did you ever, did you ever like, while it's on my brain, did you ever hear of why? And I'm asking honestly, cause I don't, I don't remember. Uh, did you ever hear of why they put Jake in the finals with Austin over somebody? Was it just to get, try to get him over more over, over a legend or I don't remember uh, no, why I, they picked Jake. But that, that could have been, that could have been. Can't, yeah. Yeah, I wondered. I wondered. I just couldn't. Uh, I I just kind of what I thought because I, I I don't remember if I've even heard it before why they picked Jake because uh, he was like, kind of a mess at that time, uh, and it's pretty clear to show. I gave this match a one star. It, yeah, I like both dudes. Jake is a legend uh, and and is amazing with psychology in the ring. Uh, and Vader v- Vader's a good big guy. He's okay. But I don't love I don't I couldn't name you my favorite Vader match, but he's he's a pretty cool character, but just not not good, not good yeah. together, especially given the state. And, you know, it's it was a screwy finish, um, kind of goofy, but I know what they were trying to save Vader a little bit. And, you know, Jim Cornette, obviously, is always great as as a manager to these guys. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh that's pretty much. I gave it a one star. It's not. Yeah. You're you're it talking about. It wasn't really good for me. You're talking about favorite Vader matches. Any match he had with Sting in like ninety two, ninety three, is my favorite Vader match. Mm-hmm. They had a strap match. Really, um, really. At Su- Super Brawl three, I believe it was. <laughs> the oddly titled White Castle of Fear strap match. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's really good. They just beat the piss out of each other with a with a strap. And you were talking about strap matches on the last one. That's a really good one to watch. Okay. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check it out. I've not seen a lot of his old WCW stuff. So that's, I mean, I'm going, um, I I was going to give it a one or a half, but they botched the finish with the DDT. Like it was, it was really wonky when he grabbed the ref and pulled him down. It's like Mm -hmm. he wasn't in place or something happened. I'm going to give it no stars. Yeah. Straight dead. Wow. Just just straight dead. Okay. Yep. I, I, I kind of get that. I've, I've always been kind of weird about giving duds to, to matches just because, and I mean, it really has to piss me off and be really awful for me to, to give a dud. And this right here was not good, but it was what it was. And I, and it's hard to give it, it's hard to give it uh, a dud when, you know, it just, I don't know. I, you know what I'm saying? That's like, true. it's, it's hard for me to just come out and say, yeah. Oh, this, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, in that not. case, in that case, you're changing my mind. I'll give it a half. I'll give it a half star. Um, well, that's still better than than Melter, who gave it a quarter. <laughs> a star. And, and <laughs> so, I messed up I mean, when I said dud. I forgot we 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 right on the Russo scale here. It, it would it'd be a Russo, not a not a dud. Oh yeah, Russo. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Melter does duds. We do Russos. Yeah, it's right. a Russo. Uh, so oh, and I have to mention too. 
also we didn't we didn't mention it. Uh, Owen Hart is out, who is part of Camp Cornet at this time, yes. and uh, Bulldog, who, who well, who we'll see later is Camp Cornet, Vader's Camp Cornet. And Owen Hart is providing commentary with Vince and Jr. for the entire night. And uh, I've got to say that while there is um, some moments where you're just like, good Lord, uh, <laughs> you inarticulate son of a bitch. Because uh, him and Brett both are just not the most articulate guys. And I'm not either. But uh, sometimes they sometimes it's like they could, I've heard them cut good promos. Sometimes they take a long time getting there. Sometimes they it's, it's a little rough to listen to with their yeah. fumbling of their words. But that said, I can see Owen Hart's wittiness and his, um, you know, the humor that they always talk about behind scenes. It comes out a little bit in this. And yeah, uh, it does. You know, like so. So they run this angle after this Vader match and, and this Jake match. Where, you know, afterwards, Vader gets the heat right back on him and exposes Jake's uh, ribs and just they just pound the shit out of him. They just beat the hell out of him, break his ribs, supposedly. Right. So they're back there, back in the back a little bit later in the night, and they're wrapping Jake's ribs up in the bathroom and Gorilla Monsoon's back there saying he's going to go. It's I don't know. It's a good idea, but only Jake can tell you how Jake feels. So Jake's going to as, as of this moment, he's going to go. He's so 41. How many chances Vince is he going like, Yeah, exactly. He's 41. So just, and Jake, and I don't think I've even heard his age at this point yet. They cut They cut to the front with Vince, and then Vince's like, well, that's pretty uh, pretty crazy. What do you think about that as an in-ring competitor? How, how, what's your feelings on that, Owen? He's like, well, you know, I, I give my hat to Jake. You know, at 80 or 90 years old now, whatever he is. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I just... I just, I lost it. And then it was a little bit later, he was like, uh, you know, JR was like, well, you, there's no question that, that Jake the Snake's got heart. He's like, well, and then always goes, he's yeah, an old an old heart. And he's like, oh, for God's sakes, he's 40. He's like, oh, for God's sakes, he's 41. And that's when you heard his age. He's like, well, maybe he's 61. I don't know about 41. <laughs> but yeah, Owen just really laying it on there. I got to give props for that. He's, he's, he's definitely, he definitely was funny at times, yeah. too. I want I want to just point out uh, I don't know if everybody at home can see this but I've actually got Owen and Davey over my shoulder here. These are actually like period yeah. uh, figures from like ninety six ninety seven. So uh, some of when my they favorite were the tag, tag champions. Yeah, yeah. My some of my favorite tag champs <laughs> yeah. of all time, Owen and Davey. So there you go. Yeah, Owen and Davey. Yeah, when they yeah when they when they partnered up there through that that era that was that was great. That was good stuff. Speaking of tag team championships. The mm-hmm. next up, the next match, we've got we've got the Godwins versus the Smoking Guns again. The Godmans <laughs> with uh, Godwins with Hillbilly Jim, and uh, the Smoking Guns with Sonny. Right. Who is Sonny? Pretty, just, pretty, just a bright character. Just a, pretty smoking. Um, you know, you know, regardless of how you think about her now. And some of the her transgressions back then, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't really have much to say about this. They fought a lot around this time. Uh, I, I like the Smoking Guns. I've always liked Bart and Billy both uh, together and separate. Uh, Bart never really went anywhere after '98. Uh, that's something we can talk about on another day. Uh, but always liked them as a tag team, and I always liked Sunny as a valet, no matter who she was with. Obviously. Right. Um, but you know the Godwins. Ah, I'm not never been a big fan of the Godwins. Uh, they're okay, uh, but you know they're very much a product of their time, even more so than the Smoking Guns, I think. And uh, I, I just never did really resonate with them, even though I'm a redneck myself. I'm not. It was more of a ridiculous gimmick to me, and just you know. And I liked I liked uh, Dennis Knight more as Midian, even though that was a short lived thing. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him. I liked him more as Tex in Shanghai in WCW in the early to mid nineties. You know, oh, that's, yeah. that's I did the God ones. Yeah. But, um, these guys wrestled a lot, and we talked about it last last time out. How the tag divisions in shambles until Owen and Bulldog got a hold of the belts. You know, and they brought in Furnace and Lafon and and elevated it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, this match was better than what I figured it was going to be. I hadn't seen it in probably twenty years. And it was pretty hard hitting, yeah. I thought. But 
I, I yeah, saw it was this a little bit like, better than their last one, but I saw this and I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this. But I was like, hey, it turned out a little better than what I thought it was. Uh, I'm going to give this one a two. Yeah. I gave it a two and a quarter. It's, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it was all right. Um, 10 minutes, 10 seconds of a match. Not bad. Uh, it's okay. Not, not as pretty decent length of time for a tag team championship match. I think, uh, Bart hits, uh, I believe it was Phineas. Is that Dennis Knight? Uh, he, yes. beat, he hit him over the back of the head with his boot with the referee turned and Billy got the pin and they snuck out of there with the tag team championships again, retain the belts. And yeah, that was pretty much that. Uh, Meltzer gave it a two and a quarter stars, I believe. Yeah, two and a quarter. So, interesting. I guess. I think that's what he, <laughs> he gave it, two and a quarter. I, if I can if I can read this right, my glasses are getting in the way. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Fuji's throwing some quarter. I'm sorry. You can't see anything. This font. Yeah. Ah, ah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is really, really small font here, and plus my glasses are, yeah. So, yeah, let me lean in here like a jackass. Okay, yeah, one and a quarter stars. <laughs> so we were probably too nice. Probably. Then again, you know, Meltzer, doesn't know, Meltzer may not know what he's talking about. I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, two and a quarter for me. Next up, Warrior oh. versus Jerry Lawler. And in, in a three-minute and 50-second match. Uh, Warrior wins, of course. Um, and I ended up, you know, how I say I don't give duds. I end up giving this match a one point five, just a touch better than the Jake match and the Vader match. I didn't think that it really worked out well for Jake and uh, Vader. I just, I don't know, like them together, just at that point in time, didn't do it for me. This match was a little bit more exciting, a little bit better. Uh, I know. Uh, Meltzer actually gave this a dud, but yeah, I gave it 1.5. Uh, Jerry Lawler came out great heat, got a lot of cheap heat in Wisconsin and uh warrior comes out to a big pop. I know that warrior's terrible in the ring and I know he's got his attitude is awful. Uh, but you know what? He was still, he was still selling. I don't know. He's selling out crowds, but he was, um, he was getting cheers. You know, he was still, yeah, obviously loved by by the people for the most part in here and he still had a lot of energy given this was six years after his first title win over hogan uh still still looked really good still you know uh yeah so i mean and and lawler got a lot of offense on him and 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 warrior was selling for him a little bit you know definitely a lot more than he did for triple h at wrestlemania yeah i'm gonna give this another half star no i'll go a star and the reason why i'm going a star is Jerry Lawler's pre-match stick with the Milwaukee crowd is the way yeah. the way he worked that crowd. He he goes up to this one woman and his and her daughter and says, uh, "It's it's women like you who turn uh, guys uh, straight guys into guys like gold dust." <laughs> yes, yes, that's really that line, good line. That's a really that good line, line made me howl, uh, especially the way they're pushing gold yeah, dust that was a- later in the show. Yes, yeah, but, that's yeah, a really really good got, line. He's got kids like he's got kids saying "f you" like like twelve year old kids in the crowd as he's walking yes. by. It's just, yes. To me, the match was yeah. me. The match was really bad. You got him choking him out with tape. There's a pile driver, three clotheslines, and a splash, and and that was the match. But but Lawler's pre match you know, um, was so good. Yeah, for sure. You know that, and that's another thing that you know we were talking about. We did our uh, Mount Rush Mount Rushmore bonus episode uh, the other day, and that's one person we actually didn't bring up one time. I noticed was Jerry Lawler. Now I don't know if I would put him on my Mount Rushmore, but man, he you would think that if you're talking about territory guys yes. and the guy the, the guy the way he could prom, you know his his, his promoter his promotion promoting wise booking wise uh, on screen character heel wise. You know, between not just the stuff with Andy Kaufman, but everything else, Lawler would be a really kind of on the cusp there, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah he sold now that, out you know, in now that I've had a thousand seat Coliseum every week for for decades. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, like, so, like, like if I would, I feel like Ric Flair maybe has more of a, a presence and a worldwide notoriety. But man, I tell you what, the more I thought about it after the fact, Lawler. Lawler yeah. really belongs at least on the cusp. Like he's definitely somebody we 
we didn't mention then, but I'm wanted to mention now because yeah. Lawler deserves all the credit in the world for what he did in the territory days. And he is showing his chops off so well on Monday night raw and utilizing his position there to the best of his ability. You know, like Vince, I guess always wanted to stick him on commentary and he never really wanted to be on commentary. Uh, and he was obviously him and Jr. were amazing together. They were, yes. you know, that's there was those are like my favorite commentators together of all time. Um, but man, is this just this right here shows how much of a shit heel he is, and it's 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 really a sight to behold. If people kind of love wrestling, they need to go back and watch anything from Lawler. Yes, yeah. he's I, he's not given enough. He, you know, he I know he's legend status and he's Hall of Famer, but he's not talked about enough i don't think no but i'm 100 behind you on that one <laughs> um okay i think um i already said that Meltzer gave this a dud which whatever um yeah warriors warrior uh one of those guys that you know you love as a kid and i recognize the charisma and the look uh but yeah as you get older it kind of wears off it's it's maybe not as it's probably worse than Hogan. Hogan is doesn't wear on me as much as Warrior does, but uh, I think Hogan works a little bit better to an older an older crowd too. Excuse me, especially in his Hollywood days. Um, yeah. But yeah, Warrior is very much a product of his time. But man, when it, that time was then, he was huge. Yeah, and then the bell rang. To quote Bruce, and then Pritchard. the bell rang. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Pritchard. I love his Jim Cornette impression. <laughs> it's so, double it's so off cheese. and so dumb. <laughs> yeah, double bacon, double cheese. Hey, look, you stupid motherfucker! <laughs> like you know, you know. The bad thing is, it's so, it's so bad, but you know exactly who he's talking about. Yeah. So it's it, it works. I don't know. It's bad um, because he does the rest of them on. so well. <laughs> like it's like right. He does a yeah. great Vince and everything else. I know. I think he just does it together. I don't, I don't understand. Skin, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> oh man. Um, so I guess we're ready to move on to the next one. Uh, Taker versus mankind. Yes. Uh, this one actually, this one actually got a lot of time. Um, and I think it was the, was it the second, it was the second longest of the show and yeah, the third being the Mark Merrill versus Steve Austin message. Yeah. It was 18 minutes, 18 minutes and 21 seconds to be exact. Um, interesting, interesting match here. I thought, man, so I got to say right off, this got me going because you know, like you slow down a little bit with that Lawler and warrior stuff and it was just saying eh, whatever. And then you get to this match and you're like, okay. And for people who may not have seen this stuff, you need to go back and watch his, um, this little, this little program that, that uh, taker and mankind did yes. from this time to the, to the end basically of, of 96, um, almost to the end of 96. Anyway, the, I was through the summer and fall, maybe very, very good. And the first, they had a really good match at uh, at in your house in early '97 too. That the one, the crazy one where yes, Mick Foley takes the header through a table. Yeah, that, that one's really good. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and this is all preempting. This is all way before the Hell in the Cell match '98. Like this, like they didn't really. I don't think they really did much in '97 together after that. Like it was, it was Taker went the other direction with into the title picture and stuff, and and. You know, Mick Mick was going with like uh, I don't know who else he was fighting at that time. I'd have to was it Shamrock or uh, Hunter? I don't remember. Yeah, everybody yeah he, he was went going to a feud in the with. summer with I, Hunter. I don't. Yeah, I knew Hunter was one of them. Um, so this is the very first time, if I can remember right, that the Undertaker actually had a really good feud and somebody who could he could actually go with yep. that wasn't overly big or slow in the ring. Of course, Taker's going to have a match here. He had that match at WrestleMania in 90 and 95 with uh, King Kong Bundy. It was always guys like that, him and Yoko, you know, Yoko's special, but he's too big. And he, by that time he was definitely getting too big to do much. Uh, but he always got put up against the big guys in the crowd. And 
they just always kind of shit the bed together. But Taker works better with those those medium to small kind of guys, and it really gets to, you get to see Undertaker and his and all he he's worth in these matches. And yeah. this one's no different. Um, the very first of the match, Paul Bear comes out, you know, and he keeps kind of looking behind him, and he's growing more concerned as he walks down the aisle, you know, because Undertaker's not behind him, and he's you know this whole time he's playing it up because mankind's in the ring waiting. And when the lights come on, as Paul Bearer comes up the steps, Undertaker's already sitting on one of the turnbuckles. Yes. The, you know, so that's kind of one of those first times you see Undertaker, uh, you know, getting the jump on somebody and lights come on. He's on the turnbuckle. He dives off, gets mankind in the corner and does those like those mad fury of punches on him that you just you see that burst of crazy speed the Undertaker has. And man, that's just I love this era undertaker too because yes. it just you really get to see him come into his own this is when he you know he's diving out over the ropes on the crowds you know in 96 97 98 yeah. that's that was pretty wild to see they take the they take the undertaker character training wheels off and let him do what he's capable of doing yes physically. yes yes and man him and mick work so well together yeah. they did and such just, great stuff i just and, wanted to say looking at this again what good shape for Mick Foley that Mick Foley is in, in this. He's like half yes. of what 2000 Mick Foley is. And he's really agile. Oh, There's yeah. a, that spot where he runs around the ring and, you know, knees him uh, against the stairs. And, you know, he's like sprinting around yeah. the ring. I just like, you know, yeah. Mick became a slob, but like here he was just like, his moves were so crisp and he was, you know, like, like I well, said, he's, just thin, he's thinner. He, he was, he he was more, way more way better shape at this yes. time, and uh, yeah, it, it, it will it, it's just amazing the difference between now and ninety eight that hell that first hell in a cell or the second yeah. hell in a cell match. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, we're, that's we're just in a bag the, the shirt difference between. And, yeah, it's just the presentation. He just gets sloppy. Yeah. I, I I he does. He I, does. I, I like Mick Foley all around, but I prefer this character here, the ninety six ninety seven mankind. Yeah, I uh, I like I like. 97 96 97 mankind a lot more probably than 98 99 mankind although 98 99 mankind was a better character for you know to support for the face like being a face yeah uh it was it was a little bit different it was fun but as far as all around stuff yeah yeah heel mankind that brown attire 96 that was that was where it's at when he first came in yep um, and, and I always liked, and I always liked that character better than Cactus and Dude Love. I yes. think they're 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 kind of iconic in their own right. But I there was always something about that mankind character because he just he just like randomly through the match will just squeal like a pig and yeah, really, really, and you know he pulls his own hair out and he's got those those shaven parts in his head and yeah, just really really sells that character well, man. Which which in '96 was a was a big deal to see somebody with half a shaved head. Nowadays, you just walk down the street and see. I'm I'm not going to get on my soapbox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch it. I will. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so, um, do you want to take a guess at what uh, Meltzer gives this one? Oh goodness, uh, I'm going to say probably three and three quarter. He gave it three and a quarter. Actually, so close. Oh, three and a quarter. Uh, I gave it three and a half. Yeah. yeah I'll go three, three and, and three quarter. I, I really, I really, you're you going to tie, you're going to, you're going to really show them up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're going to beat both of us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good match, man. It's a really, really good match. It's a solid match. Uh, it ended with Mankind actually winning, though, uh, by submission at the Mandible Claw on Taker after Paul Bearer actually uh, accidentally hits Undertaker in the corner with the urn trying to hit Mankind. Yeah. Um, which was which, a you know, shock. We'll see, we'll see this because yes, because when's the last? I mean, yeah, there was the urn, but when's the last time you saw Undertaker pin clean in the middle of the ring, or, or you know, beat by submission, clean. submit, or yeah, never, 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 never. never. So they were never. giving Mick even Foley all those big guys. Lot. He was with. Yeah, they really did, and they really drug this thing out. And, and you know, when Paul Bearer ends up turning on Taker, which we'll talk about, uh, I'm sure, real soon. Um, but we'll get into that another day. Yeah, this is a really, really good match and just, just kind of the beginning, really, of, yeah. of good things to come for these two 
in this year. Yeah, um, this is one of my favorite matches. Um, you know, being this 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 is the first one out. This is one of my favorite matches of theirs. You know, um, yeah. This and we'll, well, we'll just get that shocking win on, of mankind. Yeah, yeah, it's a shock. Yeah. Um. So next up is Ahmed Johnson versus Goldust for the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. Oh my. So and you know they've already they've already been selling the they've already been selling the uh gold dust uh kissing Ahmed basically trying to resuscitate him on Raw. He was on the, on that gurney or on the stretcher or whatever. <laughs> he kisses him, gives him mouth to mouth. And he does lost. it again in this match. Yeah, well yeah, he did. He said and you know, I just you know, sometimes it's just being a good host. Uh Yeah. Uh it, but he's yeah, he Goldust really pushing that that provocative nature of his and really <laughs> making people feel uncomfortable. And you know, Ahmed really felt uncomfortable. He's mad. He's mad about that. <laughs> so uh, so mad you couldn't understand a word he was saying. But that's that's yeah. just about any Ahmed promo. That's every day. That that's yeah. That's every day. <laughs> that's every day. And, and I'm going to talk about Ahmed just for a second here. So what what a mind fuck of a of a human being, of a character. So cuz I look at this I look at this dude is especially as a kid is wow. This yeah. is a massive gigantic big brute of a man. And yeah. you're like, "Okay, I can get behind this guy." Uh as an adult, you're like, "Okay, still kind of the same, but why is he wearing elbow pads?" Or knee pads on his thighs. This dude's got <laughs> knee pads all the way up his legs, like big yeah. knee pads. And then he's got any, and then for a little while he was wearing elbow pads up on his biceps. Yeah. And then, so like he just, his, his style, his style was conflicting because it was like, wow, this is different and kind of cool yeah. and it kind of makes him look bigger. But at the same time, it's like, this is the most ridiculous and asinine thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And that's and that's somehow somehow more asinine than his promos. Yeah, uh, but he turned out unfortunately to be a guy who just wasn't that good in the ring, wasn't safe in the ring, and ended up having to get kind of a, a shoot ass kicking by Farouk. Yeah, um, later talking on. about being unsafe in the ring. You know, as a kid, you know, you see this match and you watch him. He he does like a. Tope over the top rope on the gold dust. Like he I was gonna completely... mention I was gonna mention that. I was like, wow, for yeah. so it was stupid, dangerous yeah. for him, especially. But but at the same time, I was also again conflicted. Like, wow, I yeah. can't not believe a three hundred and five yeah. pound, six foot, two or three monster just as, as a kid did that. I didn't even as, know he could. As a kid, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. As an adult, you see that he didn't even come anywhere close to him. Like he ends up yeah, taking yeah. a header on the floor, and it's like, dude, you are so unsafe. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. Dude, he's straight you know, up. Yeah, as a sixteen-year-old kid, rolled his shoulder this, on that thing. Yeah, watching this and going, oh man, I, this guy is awesome. And then you watch this as an adult, and you're like, ooh, this this isn't as good as I remember. <laughs> Thank goodness yeah. for Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, that's in wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I've always, I've always liked, man, and even with all that weird weird shit that Goldust did, especially back in those early years. Uh, yeah, he's still one girl. of my favorite. Yeah. I've, uh, still one of my favorite characters, which is weird again for me. He's Goldust is one of those weird characters. I think that's, I honestly just give that kind of, I give that credit to, uh, to, to Dustin because nobody else, I feel like nobody else could do that. And, and me, yeah. and I'm like, okay with it. <laughs> You're like, Oh, this yeah. is, this is totally fine. This is totally normal. <laughs> Even when it's not normal, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is cool enough for me to get behind. Um, cause that's not usually something I, I like, eh, whatever. Uh, but gold dust really, really, uh, sells it. He gets into it, man. He, he yeah. really makes that shit his own. He carried this, this match batch a two. What, what this match go, go like 15 and a half minutes or something. I read, it's about five uh, minutes. 15 too minutes, long. 34 seconds. Yeah, it's it is. A, it's about five it's, minutes it's, too long. It's too long. 
they got Ahmed selling and he's not the greatest worker in the world. At this point, he'd been in the business four years. You figured he'd learn how to work, but you got him trying to sell for gold dust. Who's, who's, who's doing the best he can with what he has. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm, what, how, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it, I gave it about two and three quarter stars. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually enjoyed the match. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as some on the card. Uh, you know, given what we know about Ahmed, it Dustin definitely carried this match, but I, I think it, it worked really well. Cause I don't know, t- t- they, they both somehow worked well together. Yeah. I'm going to give it one and a half just because I, rewatching it. I was like, Ugh. like, I just, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I think again, I go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that like the only, I was going to say the only thing that, that keep that keep they kept it higher up on there for me was obviously just selling that that like that top rope that over the top rope thing was just so wild and conflicting to me i was like wow i can't believe he went for it he missed but you know kudos yeah. for him he, i mean he's either really stupid or really brave and but then you know they did also did the kiss in the ring again mid-match and yeah. uh you know that to, was, to really drive home this it was good for the story and i'm like okay this is this is this is different enough for me and good enough for me that I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the match for what it was, but I do agree. The match went on too long. I think it should have been probably three to five minutes shorter. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ahmed gets him in the corner and just starts wailing on him. And, and it's like half the blows are, are completely missing. And <laughs> I just, I don't know. It, it, it just fell flat to me um, as a kid. I loved it. And I love seeing Ahmed with that, with the championship, you know, him and Sean would kind of team up for a little bit after this till he got hurt. But as an adult watching it back, it's, it's not so good. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I didn't pay that enough attention, close enough attention to that. So I, if I go back and watch it now that you said that I probably would rate it lower. I didn't, yeah. I guess I didn't notice the punches and stuff as much. I just, I was just, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I just enjoyed it for kind of what it was. Yeah. Uh, I can't, that's, I, 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 for some reason I've, I've never, I, I've just been so conflicting on Ahmed. I just, it's not, it's not as like, as easy for me. It's so much easier for me to look at the Jake and Vader match and be like, wow, this is, this is not needed yeah, <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I think maybe it's just the story. Maybe it's a story of, of Goldust and Ahmed that just kept me going. I don't know. Yeah. And, and Ahmed's one of those what ifs, you know, what if he actually learned how to, to work a little bit, you know, with, with that look and that presence about him, how, how good could he have been if, even if he could have learned how to talk a little bit, but it's, it's big missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah if he would have just, yeah, if he would have just slowed down a little bit and, uh, and yeah, really, really tried to be a little safer and then he kind of got, I probably got a little bit kind of a bigger head in the back and, a lot of the guys didn't like him, you know, especially yeah. like the nation, that group, they did not like him. He, he made a lot of them look bad, I guess. And that's just, you know, like Mark, Mark Henry, who's like a super nice guy, doesn't have nice things to say about the guy, yeah. you know, like that's, that's, says something that says something to me. Um, and you know, Ron Simmons being the one that have to put him in his place. Of course, yeah. you know, you, then you, then you watch, you watch uh, interviews with Ahmed now, like shoot interviews and, he seems like an okay enough guy, really. Uh, you know, he you know, he claims everything was kind of uh, misunderstood, but you get a lot of you get a lot of uh, one sidedness from him, kind of similar to what you would you would hear out of Hogan now, as yeah. opposed to you know a whole group of a, a whole group of guys that actually worked with him. So he's like, yeah, he's he's a shitter. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that I'm, I might have to go with the guys who lasted a little bit longer in the business on this one. Sorry, Ahmed. Yeah, uh, nothing personal. Uh, but so uh moving right along uh, I, which oh by the way Meltzer gave this a two star so oh. so I was a little bit more generous than him and he was a little bit more generous <laughs> than you uh Austin versus Jake next up for the finals king of the ring finals uh we all pretty well know how this goes uh they really tried to save face for Jake a little bit on this which I'm I don't know how I feel about that uh, he, it, it's great to not make him look like a complete ass being a legend and all, uh, he come out selling the rib thing. 
everybody was saying right from the beginning that he sh- they sh- they think he should sit this one out because of his broken ribs. He he uh, he's like, no, I'm going to fight. I'm going to keep going. And Steve Austin comes back from the hospital. Uh, this is behind the scenes. I've heard this on a couple different podcasts. He asked Bruce or whoever it was what Jake said, and then um, anyway, they go out and have their match. Austin dominates the whole time. Yeah. Uh, to the point where Jake just it's sad and and which is good. I mean, it's that's that's the part of the match. To the point where Gorilla Monsoon comes out and says, "Hey, we we got to throw in the towel here." And he keeps asking yeah. Jake, "You want to get ready?" And Jake shaking his head, "No." He pushes him off and actually gets a little bit of offense on Austin for a second. Goes for the DDT and Austin goes right back to the ribs, hits the stunner. Uh, it was a four minute and twenty eight second match. Real, real quick, real dominating by Austin, who hits the stunner, and he's the new king of the ring, you know, yeah. instead of Triple H, instead of Hunter, uh, which was the right, which was the right move for the right time, because we got the most famous, iconic, one of the most iconic promos of all time out of this, and that's what really I can't rate the match and the promo together, but for kind of a uh, which I think I did like one and one and a quarter for this one, you know, just a real one-sided match for, for such a big moment in Austin's career. As far as the win goes, uh, it was, it was just nothing because it was so one-sided, but the iconic promo, the Austin three sixteen promo put him on the map. That's a, that's a 10, yeah. that's a 10 star. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, I like this match more than you do just because of the storytelling going on in it. You've got, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, pretty it's, much, it's good storytelling, but it's, it, he's, he's being dominated to the point when gorilla monsoon comes out there and you think they're going to stop the match. And then Jake waves them off. I'm like, okay, there's they're, they're, they're going heavy yeah. on the drama. And I, I like that. And of course, yeah, the, the, the outcome of the match was perfect. Uh, I'll go one and three quarter on this one. Uh, you know, it's just a little, like you said, under five minutes, but it's it was effective in you know elevating yeah. that Stone Cold character. Uh, you know what what he did to Jake when Jake was down. Uh, the promo, yeah, is is amazing, and I mean, there's nothing I can say that nobody else hasn't already said about it. it's it's awesome, and you know, it's the birth of Austin three sixteen, and and uh, even though really it wouldn't start taking off until about Survivor Series with Brett, you know, he kind of set. Right. Everybody thinks it's it really started here, but he kind of said in limbo just as a, a good worker for about five months before his his career really took off. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, it. It. I think. I think. I. I wouldn't have just real quick reverse and rewind a little bit. I think if if something would have came out of Jake, uh, this with Jake, um, maybe for the future, it might have been a little bit better for me. But just given his condition, everything, it was just kind of a weird, it was a, it was good for storytelling, but it was also kind of weird for the, the fact that Jake wasn't going to do anything after this, <laughs> like at yeah. all, because he's not, yeah. you know, he wasn't going to get it. He didn't have his shit together. Um, unfortunately, uh, I anyway, love that Austin uh, called him out on promo. it. Oh, I do too. I do too. I absolutely do too. Uh, it's real, it's, you know, yeah. it's real, it's raw. Um, it, uh, yeah, that, that man, that, promo so good so i guess the story was the next night on raw you know they see we're seeing austin 316 316 signs and you know and things were starting to take off for austin really turn around for him and i don't remember when they got i'm trying to think of when they debuted his uh his theme like his stone cold theme i can't remember when that because he was still using like i think the ring ringmaster uh music here yeah i think um, it was like or late whatever fall. it was I'm thinking it's around the time with Brian Pillman in the gun, but I might be wrong. Okay. You know, glass breaking. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, real quick, I I gotta, you know, uh, I've seen this a couple places. I don't know. Everybody's kind of uh, undecided on when the Attitude Era starts, or if it's you know a month or a date or a event. You know, WWE, I think, is supposedly self-proclaimed this is kind of the start of it because of the 316 promo. I don't agree with that. I Like you said, he sits in limbo for a few months before he really starts going after Brett 
and starting yeah. that package. And and Brian Brian's in that too. Um, he starts the Brett stuff before Brian, but in the fall and winter of that, he's he's going after Brian as yeah. well. Um, and when, when the Heart Foundation starts to form sometime is it then or is it early 97 when they come uh, when they kind of start to yep. form it, it was two weeks after wrestlemania 97 so yeah probably 97, okay fall. okay so it was a little bit late this is a lot later so uh speaking of brian pillman right before this match which i was meant to say something earlier and i glossed over oh, yeah. it, uh brian pill brian pillman actually came out on crutches and cut a promo with jr and you know, called him like a fat piece of shit or or or, uh, or son of a bitch, and and yeah. and uh, and then you know he was carrying on being that loose cannon thing, and uh, I, I'm like, I look, I told Chelsea, I said, wow, this dude, given he didn't do a lot, is severely underrated or undercredited for yeah. the Attitude Era because this dude helped a lot. Yes. With his, like, he was doing, because he was kind of doing stuff before, like, you know, the Goldust character was androgynous and all that. Like, he was, it, it was, but he was, Brian Pillman was saying and doing some stuff right along with Austin there. You know yeah. what I mean? Before things got real heavy in, 90, in the end of 97. And so I, think, I, think I really I, have to credit him a lot. I think I've talked to, to you about this before. I think, you know, he had that Humvee accident and they had that fuse his ankle. I think if that doesn't yes. happen, Brian Pillman's a future world champion with that character. Uh, you know, I don't know what Absolutely. that means for him in Absolutely. Austin. I think they're probably fighting over the belt later down the line. But uh, and yeah, he I, may not I, have got hooked on was it painkillers and all that. Yeah. Like he didn't. He yeah. may not have. It may not happen. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's something that he would have been a superstar, and it would have been crazy yeah. to see him in Austin as a former tag team main event in pay-per-views yeah. that would have been did so you see cool. the look as they're passing and they each even kind of get yes yeah they did oh, yeah that was a nice and he's austin really didn't sell much for him but you know brian's like yeah yeah uh well yeah it was great man i loved it uh brian pill i have so much more respect and acknowledgement for him now than i ever did because i just grew up in a time where i didn't i you know i i started watching wrestling in 98 yeah. So much later than you and, and much later than all this. Well, not much later, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, this is stuff that I go back and watch after the fact and, and absorb. It's just, I find new appreciation for these guys. The more I see and the more I learn. We need to go back and, and watch, oh. uh, do like a review of super brawl two, where he fights Jushin Thunder Liger back when he was young mm-hmm. and in his prime. And, you know, before all the injuries and you want to talk about Meltzer throwing out some stars. That's, Man, young Brian Pillman yeah, could go. That, if, if, be, he had, if he had that gift to gab that he got later then, yeah, he'd have been beating Flair for some championships then. And that'd be that'd be wild. Yeah, we'll have to do yeah. that for sure. Um if I, I mentioned it, the, uh, Meltzer gave this half a half a star for this Jake match, an Austin match. He gave it half a star. So he was pretty rough on it. Uh I don't know. Like I said, I don't think I would rate it that low. Uh, next up, World Heavyweight Title Match, WWF Championship, Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog again. Uh, we were talking about that as beware of dog. He did not produce a good match. Neither one of them nope. did. I didn't think it was kind of a eh, match. This one, other than a couple spots, was much better. Yes, much much better. I think this is what they were hoping for the first time around. Yes, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And um. I think uh, Shawn Michaels looks really good in this, Matt. He takes an absolute ass whipping, which yep. Shawn has always been good at doing and selling. I do think it's pretty funny him firing back at Cornette. He hit him in the ass with his with his uh, <laughs> tennis racket. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Bulldog has got some really good offense on him, beat the hell out of him. Uh Michael's got some pretty good spots on him. I love The only blunder that I can think of is that top rope, uh, dive that Bulldog did, and I don't know he he was way too far out, and I don't know if he slipped or it kind of looked like he slipped, or he just didn't have enough gas to jump. Yeah, uh, could I think I he think he just maybe slipped a little bit, um, and just it was some momentum or something off the top was just wrong because it was just a weird weird thing that he did that, and then you know Michaels 
was a little bit, it was about a half a second late, but he did kind of react to it. Like he moved out of the way, you know? So it made it look a little less bad. (laughs) There was another blunder early in, early in the match where they're, they're crisscrossing and you know, it's kind of like that first, that first match and they're, they're going, they're going fast. And then there's a spot where bulldog just like, he forgot what he was supposed to do. And, uh, and Sean stops in front of him and, he eventually ends up pressing him overhead and stuff, but that was just like, you can tell that's one of those mental blunders that Brett's talking about when he's talking about having to lead the bulldog. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is I've seen the next level. I've seen what the bulldog is capable of. And you know what? And I think we mentioned the, mentioned this in one of our other, on our other shows that he's never been good in the ring. I don't, maybe that's too harsh. I think he was good in the ring. I don't think he was never, he was never great in the ring. He had to be led by the right person. Um, but boy, he, I tell you what, the things that he could do power wise, the things he could even do athletically. Did you see that like head spring flip thing he did at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. He did that a lot. Like he, yeah. Which I, I, I see, I, I don't guess I've ever noticed him do that before. But he was, they were just kind of, you know, they did, they did a little tie up or whatever. And he kind of, they circled the ring and he just did this head spring thing where he just did a flip and, but the camera was tied on him. So you didn't see him the whole thing. Um, yeah. but I just like, I, I had to, I had to rewind it back. I'm like, what the hell did, was that? And <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he used to pull that out every now and again. Like just, it's, and you know, that's incredible. Like the fact that these guys can just pull that shit out of their ass for a split second. And then they, and then, you know, later on the match, he goes the top rope and, and falls <laughs> off of it. Like there's and no one's there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's just so, so I know the guy, he, he could have made the jump. So I just don't know. So yeah, it's just like he has brain fart and I don't know if it's the, yeah. the roids or if it's his brain or what it is, but, but yeah, yeah I don't know if I, it's that or he, he was, still he was in the dude, the- bulldog still great. Yeah, I think he was in on the drug scene backstage a little bit. So, uh, well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt that, it. That's the rumor. It doesn't surprise me now. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I knows. understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, great man. I, I do. I love, I love the bulldog. Just despite his shortcomings, uh, and he, he has to have somebody like Sean to work with. But they both did a good job here. Other than a couple yep. things, they really did. I, I thought the match was good. Uh. It's twice I, the Meltzer match. went with, actually with like four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Oh man! Wow. Oh, it's so much. I, yeah, I think he went. Yeah, four and a quarter on this. I sorry, wow. I really close because of the star rating. But <laughs> yeah, twenty six, twenty six minutes, twenty six minutes and twenty five seconds. Wow. Um, four and a quarter. Um, obviously, uh, he does not come up. Uh, he does not come out of this. Uh, it was kind of an abrupt ending. I thought it's kind of an abrupt finish. Uh, but Sean, Sean takes the win. And then, um, it was a weird deal because Mr. Perfect was the guest referee and, uh, Owen makes some kind of weird excuse on commentary after this, uh, in the backstage (laughs) on the call, the home call, home video call, same thing. You know, he's like, Oh, I was just getting confused. And I thought he was, I don't know. It it was, it was just kind of funny to listen to his excuse. That whole thing was actually pretty funny. People need to go back and watch that with, with Cornette. Uh, Malvin Jr. and yeah, you know you're lucky Vader's on a low. (laughs) Yeah, you're lucky Vader. Vader's on a low fat diet, or he'd eat you alive. Um, Cornette's really good stuff. Uh, yeah, Cornette's great. Uh, but he uh he he pulled out Mister Perfect. They did. They went in to do a double count for the for (laughs) pin, him and Hebner, and he pulled him out. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, and didn't stop the Heb- Hebner's pin. I don't know. It was a weird, wonky yeah. thing. Was, did I miss something there? No, uh, I, I think they're trying to dispute the finish again, like the last month. Like have something yeah, there. But, to pulled, but, but, but why would you pull out? Why would you pull out Hennig and not <laughs> not her? Yeah, or you know, I, I, I so it's just a weird. Yeah, I don't exactly know what was going on there, but uh, then of course you know, Owen gets involved. He comes in in his tux and starts beating on Michaels, and Michaels is fighting all of them off, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, probably yeah pretty, there's uh, a spot you know. there. There's a spot there I absolutely love where he has where he has Owen in a figure four, and Bulldog comes over and he small packages them, and he has them both at the same time. Yes, yeah, that was a great yes, spot. He's hold, yeah, it. never that seen that before. Spot. Or, so he's just or got. Sent. 
No, and you. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't think that that Shawn Michaels couldn't get his ass kicked by two of those, two of those guys at the same time. So that was kind of funny to see at the same time. Like yeah. seeing the face getting one over on both of these guys at the same time is just so out of character for when I look at Michaels. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's. You know, he's 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 used to getting his ass ass kicked, so it was so weird. After you know twenty six minutes in a match, you've you got him toppling Bulldog and a fresh Owen Hart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they all come out. Um, Vader eventually comes out and gets involved, and then uh, Ahmed and uh, the Warrior come out to even things up, and they all pose as the show go, goes off the air. They're all hugging this, and kissing and throw, throwing babies all in the air or whatever. The next pay per view the next month at International yeah. Incident. Which is funny. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think by this point you had the the six man going on in July for WCW. I think it had already been announced. So WWF's mm-hmm. pay per view is going to be a six man as well. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's where, where, where you get the big the big Hogan reveal for the NWO. So right. the match the beach. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, I will not rate this match as high as Meltzer did. Uh, four and a quarter is pretty high. It's good. It was a good match. It was, like you said, it was twice the match the last one was. Yeah. But I'd probably still give it. I'd probably still give it a. a I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. But yeah. I don't know if I do four and a quarter. I was thinking I, three. And part three of me kind of wants to do three and three. That's kind of where I was leaning. Uh, but yeah. it was so good compared to that other one. Well, we had. But before. yeah, so that's that's a pretty. That's a pretty good range there. That three and three quarter to four is pretty good for for that. And overall, the pay per view was probably, yeah. in my opinion, in my opinion anyway, a lot better than Beware of Dog. Yeah, it was pretty good. The Austin as Austin Marrow was. Yeah, Austin Marrow, Mankind Taker in this match, and then there was a couple of things on the undercard that were pretty good too. And then you get the Austin promo on top of okay. that. And then, yeah, of course you got the iconic Austin promo and that little surprise thing. If people, it kind of goes under the radar that, that, that little Brian Pillman appearance was pretty edgy too. So yeah. it didn't have really much to do with that about anything at the, at the moment, but it was edgy and um, you know, it plays into that, that attitude era start. And I don't, like I said, I wouldn't call this the attitude era, but wow. it's definitely, it, it, but we're we're getting slowly month by month we're getting little things that are edging yeah. that way and it because the thing is the thing is they don't really I think they're getting edgy for the audience knowing that their company's in really rough shape they just lost Razor and and Nash uh, but and by I this think, time they're both over there yes but they but they don't have the NWO thing started yet so that's not taken off. The, 80, yeah. the 83 weeks is, I think, taken off around this time, but it's starting to, it's like starting to, but it's, you know, they're definitely gonna have to do something, but you know, it's, yeah. I think that NWO really is supposed to kick things in high gear and that just hasn't happened yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the attitude era starts a little bit later, you know, yeah. Raw's war is not even a thing yet. Like the arena no. and the logo and the scratch logo hadn't come in, like all that stuff is kind of the epitome of the attitude of me. I think. I think you get, I think you get into early '97 before you start thinking about really the yeah. launch of the Attitude Era. I I, I, I almost even think that you steps that direction right here. Yeah, there's a lot of things, but I think I think that I think I think it almost starts with like DX was like a good a good. I think it's I think it almost starts with that first stunner on Vince. You know what I mean? Like I think you really yeah. you really kick off that. And, and I don't know. It's all, like I said, it's all up for determined. It's all subjective. So it's kind of, it's yeah. a, it's a cool little argument to make. Uh, anyway, I think what do we got in store for the next one? We want to go bash the beach 96 yeah, or let's go the, bash at the beach or, and change it up just a little bit. Yeah. We'll go WCW. And then I don't know. We'll see if we want to cover international incident after it, or it, something, but it's, it's a pretty decent show. It's, okay, it's at okay. least so, like beware a dog level. Okay. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's aim for Bash of the Beach first, and we'll go from there. That'll be the next episode. And uh, yeah, so uh, guys, we're gonna wrap this up here in just a second. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. And if you haven't seen King of the Ring '96, I highly recommend going and watching this for sure. Uh, especially over Rare Dog, um, it's so much better. And that, of course, those promo that promo by Austin's it's great. Um, 
uh, wherever wherever you guys get your favorite podcast, we're going to be there. Man, M3 Wrestling will be there. Uh, same with Macho Movie Madness. We're on Macho Movie Madness. If, you want, if you're interested in movie podcasts, we've got Macho Movie Madness. We're, we're also wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube, M3 Wrestling, Macho Movie Madness. Both got channels for that. Uh, I've got Smith Grove, Smith Grove Sanitarium for my solo channel. I'm in the middle of reviewing Halloween series right now. It's my start. Got Andrew's got Drew reviews, and uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff too. He just uh, did Predator review, and what else did you just just launch? Um, um, by the time this comes out, Aliens will have came out, and I figure that's probably going to be a pretty big one. And um, yeah, Aliens, he's going to be reading Aliens. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. So, so yeah, we, we're all on YouTube, and like I said, wherever your podcasts are, we got we got M three wrestling. We're gonna have a lot more in store for you. Uh, we want to thank you guys for for tuning in wherever you're at. And we've got a lot more to talk about. So until then, we'll see you next time. Peace.